And good morning and welcome to everybody, those who are in the house and those who are streaming. Great to have you here. And uh, just another announcement I want to give is uh, the Monday Night Bible Study starts up tomorrow. Yes. So if you uh, want any more information, if you haven't already been given information, you can speak to Wilbur and he will, he will get you connected and set up. And I know he's been contacting his people and, and uh, so you guys are all ready to go. Looking forward to seeing these more things open up. And uh, next, we're going to be having children's ministry soon, and we're working on the details of that. So keep your eyes and ears open for, for an announcement as we get ready to launch, launch the children's ministry. So this morning, I want us to, uh, to just continue on as we look at uh, getting rhythm, spiritual rhythm, and uh, maintaining that in life. And today, we're going to be looking at stability and I titled this message, Stability in an Unstable World. Uh, a good example I want us to look at when it comes to stability and, uh, and instability is the Leaning Tower of Pisa, or more so the Tower of Pisa, as a lot of people call it, is the freestanding bell tower, okay, in, in, in the Italian city of Pisa. And it's famous. It doesn't really need a lot of exclamation. We all know uh, we're familiar with this. In fact, they've even made a Lego set of this which I have tried to get my hands on, but uh, no, yeah, it's not going to work. This tower, they began construction of the tower in the 12th century. Due to the soft ground that they were building on, the tower started to lean. And uh, it, it, was, it was not supported properly, and, and the ground couldn't, couldn't maintain the weight of the tower. When the uh, construction finished in the 14th century, it had worsened. The lean had worsened, and by 1990, the tilt had reached 5.5 degrees. So this, it, to, to the point where this thing, is, it was in danger of um, falling, you know, and any more lean, you, you know, it's like you see in those movies where you got the characters are like balancing, and they finally got the balance right, and all of a sudden the bird lands, and it's just like it's, you see it in Looney Tunes, all that stuff, and then everything just tumbles over. That's how I picture the Leaning Tower of Pisa here. It became dangerous, so they had to, uh, the engineers had to, in the 90s, had to find a way to secure it and had to make it, uh, prevent it from continuing to lean. So they had to inject the ground with nitrogen, ice-cold nitrogen, and they had to, to, to harden the ground so when the work when they were doing more work, it didn't actually make the ground more unstable. So they had these pulley systems trying to center, trying to get it so that it's stable so that it won't necessarily correct the lean anymore, but it will prevent it from falling um, over completely. And, and, and the thing is, when you, when you think about the world today, you think about uh, the resemblance of the leaning tower of Pisa, um, tilting and heading towards catastrophe. Uh, there, there's, there's so much instability in, in the world that all it took was an unknown substance to sneak its way into our daily routine and fracture an already broken societal system. So with each season of our lives, our spiritual lives, um, we, we will have varying levels of stability. We will have varying, there will have seasons where everything seems pretty stable. Life is good, family is good, work is good. You know, we're, we're, we're enjoying our time. School's working out. You know, our devotion life is good. Everything's stable. Then there's moments of instability where our health may be in flux, 
work may be, uh, may be threatened because of layoffs or other kinds of shutdowns or sicknesses. Uh, marriage, uh, it, maybe our marriage isn't as healthy as it once was. And then there are other le- levels of stability that aren't necessarily bad, but they're, they're sometimes in flux, like maybe a change of job or, 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 or a new school, changing of, uh, uh, moving into a new house, which by Friday, we will become Amherstburg residents. Yes. So that is coming by very quickly, but we will be here before you know it. And it'll be great to be finally settled into this neighborhood and, and, uh, and, and try and get a chance to get to know you all a bit more while we are finally living here and, and that uh, barrier of uh, living in Kingsville will no longer be there. But with, with each season, we have these different, um, uh, different fluctua- fluctuations and stability and instability that, that comes in our way. And a question that we ask is, how can we have a healthy, sustaining life? How can, we, how can we be sustaining in our, in, our, in our families, be sustaining in our relationship with the Lord, be sustaining in our work, in our homes? To look at this a little bit more, we're going to focus on Psalm, Psalm 1. And we're going to look at the truths here that, that show us and give, and give us a, a good um, map on how we can have a, a healthy, sustaining, st- uh, stable life. And so in Psalm chapter 1, verse 1, and I apologize for the Bible app if you are trying to access it. I believe it is not. That just, that will, that's one of the casualties of this week as my mind is in a million places as we're getting ready to move. So I apologize it's not there, but we have it all here on the screen. So on uh, verse 1, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in the mockers, but the delight in the law of the Lord, meditating it on day and night. Uh, they, they are like trees planted along a riverbank, bearing fruit um, each season. Their, their leaves never wither, and they prosper in, in all they do, but, but not the wicked. They are like the worthless chaff scattered in the wind. They will be condemned at the time of, uh, of the judgment of sinners, and they will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction." So, Lord, we just welcome you into this place today. As we already know, we, we, we feel your presence. We know your presence is here, Lord God. So we just invite you into our lives. We invite you to speak to us, to guide us, Lord, as we dive into the word, as we look, look into uh, these truths that we find through the Psalms and through other areas of the Bible, Lord God, that you would just continue to guide us. So to have rhythm in sustaining and healthy spiritual life starts with Psalm 1. And, and today we're going to unpack this verse, these verses a little bit more, and we're going to focus on this main point, which is unlike seeds in the wind, we can decide where we will take roots. So if we want to sustain spiritual, uh, spiritual life, then we need to plant ourselves where it matters most. We need to plant ourselves where it matters most. Uh, there's an Old Testament scholar um, who's, who calls Psalm 1 the gateway psalm as it acts as this orientation think about going to work and when you're starting a new job you get this orientation um, into what to expect in your job psalm 1 acts as an orientation here's what you're about to find throughout these psalms here's the blueprint here's here's an idea as, as they get the themes gary teach us how to pray 
how, how, how to um, shape our lives in, in our grief, in our rage, in our joy, in our loneliness, and more. And there's a number of things that we can learn from Psalm 1. And the first thing is not to plant yourselves in the world. Not to plant yourselves in the world. Again, looking out the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in the mockers. Now, last week I mentioned that if we want to be great witnesses for the Lord, if we want to be great witnesses for Jesus, then we need to go out where the unbelievers are. So you're probably thinking, well, this doesn't line up with that, that point. But here's, here's, where, here's where this point um, uh, has, has truth here, where we need to have impact or a connection with other people. We need, because again, the church will never grow if all we're doing is hanging around other Christians. So we need to be amongst the, the unbelievers. But here's where this point is important, that we have to be careful not to be drawn in or join or el- eliminate their habits and, and, and their beliefs and their, and their behaviors. This is where the danger is, is where we, we, we can be amongst them and we can... We can uh, witness to them and, and even have a friendship, but we have to be careful that we do not plant ourselves and follow the behaviors of the world. We have been pulled out of the darkness, so don't go back in it. So think, think of this for a second. When we think about planting ourselves, uh, not planting ourselves in the world, but planting ourselves in something different. Let's look at it in the ways of trees. And uh, You guys, by the time we're done this series, you guys are going to be experts on trees right? Experts on trees and growing fruit. So you think about uh, the trees. We had a maple tree in, our, um, in our, our backyard in Kingsville. It was probably about a 40, 50-year-old maple tree. This thing was massive, massive limbs. And with massive limbs, you get massive amounts of trees. And, and, and the maple keys, or the little helicopters as we call them. So they, they'd, scatter, they'd scatter everywhere. And, 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 and the thing is, with the trees and with those, those seeds, Trees planted in nature are at the mercies of the wind. They really, the seeds don't have a choice where they land. The, the wind takes them from here, there, and everywhere. Uh, trees that have uh, the, 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 the nuts or the acorns, they're at the mercy of the bounce, right? I heard some guys talking about golf today. Greg and the guys are talking about golf today. Sometimes you're at the mercy of the bounce of your ball, right? Well, these the seeds, they're at the mercy of the bounce. They're, some of them are at the mercies of the, of the, the squirrels and the, uh, the birds and where their droppings land. And, and, you know, and so those seeds will grow wherever they land. Uh, remember, though, when Jesus and, and the other Bible writers who, who um, compare our lives to trees, they're not calling us trees, we're not. We're, we're, we're not trees. Um, we're living, breathing people who laugh, cry, scream at traffic in front of us, eat junk food, love, live. And, you know, this is who we are. But, we're, but we're, our lives resemble, resemble trees. And since we're not at the mercy of the winds, at the bounces of, of the seeds or, or, or the birds and the squirrels, we have a choice of where we plant ourselves. We have the choice. Remember that wherever we choose to plant ourselves, it will either sustain us or it will destroy us. In Matthew, Matthew 15, Jesus is ta- uh, talking to disciples about purity, about the purity inside of us. And, and, and um, 
when he has questions about the Pharisees and their lives and the lack of purity. And, and the, he, the, this is what he says to them. He says to the, the people, he says, um, every plant not planted by my heavenly Father will be uprooted. They chose, the, the, the Pharisees and the other religious leaders, they chose to plant themselves somewhere else. Oh, I had pictures of seeds for you guys. How, how did I rob you of that? Look at these beautiful seeds. But... Uh, they chose, they, they chose to put down roots in, in selfishness, self-centeredness, self-promotion. Understand something about Psalm 1 is that they're, they're, it presents us with two things. It presents us with a choice and presents us with a refusal. And understand that these two, the, the choice and the refusal, come hand in hand. They come hand in hand. So the writer asks us or encourages us to choose a new path. Choose the righteous path. And when we do this, we are considered blessed. But we are also presented with the refusal. So the choice to make this path, to choose this path of righteousness, and the refusal to reject the way of the wicked. Because here's the thing. When we choose the way of the wicked, we don't produce fruit, fruit we produce chaff. And what's chaff? It's that useless stuff that comes off of the seed, the husk off the corn. All that, that, that you, there's, not, there's no value to the chaff at all. That's why it's thrown away. That's why it's taken away in the wind and never to be seen again, collecting water or wherever. It, it, it's, it's, it's worthless. Well, we are blessed when we choose to do on the outside what the world may look to see as boring or, or routine. And, and, and that leads me into the, to the next point where we need to saturate ourselves in the word. And you've heard me talk about this time and time again. When, when we plant ourselves in God's word, our roots grow deep. We will become stronger like the trees that are in healthy ground and they have those deep, deep roots. Those are healthy, strong trees. The same with our lives when we are saturated in the word. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Psalm chapter 1 verse 2 again, it, or Psalm 1 verse 2 says, but delight in the, Lord, the, the, the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. There's a characteristic and there's an action found in, in, this, in this verse. The characteristic is delights. The action is meditates. We need to delight in him. And so when you think about delight, you think about the word delight, it's, it's the desire that which, which brings pleasure. Or another way to, to look at it is, is, is choosing to desire something because you ascribe great value to it. You're delighting in it because it, it brings value. It, it, you actually value it uh, quite heavily. When we think about the law of the Lord, and when he's saying delight in the law, it's not just talking about, when we think about, you're not just looking at, at, at the New Testament, and you're not just looking at the, the Psalms and the Proverbs and, and, and the books of the prophets, but it's also the books that may seem painful to read. Leviticus. Yeah, ooh, I just heard, ooh. Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, those are, those are hard books to read, aren't they? They, they, could be, they could be very, very di difficult. And, and you might be thinking like, man, I, it's hard to delight in that. It's hard to stay awake half the time. 
You know, it's easy for us to delight in fantasy reading and science fiction and comic books and all that stuff because it's exciting, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's pleasurable, it's, it's, it's enjoyable. But the thing is, that stuff isn't sustaining and that doesn't give life. It doesn't give life. And so when, when God says, delight in the law of the Lord, it's talking about the whole picture because it's the whole thing that brings us life. That brings us joy. Even though some of it may seem a little strange. Some of it may not even seem like it's, it's proper for the day. There's something deeper. Something richer. When you delight in the whole law. When you delight in the word. So look at Psalm 19. Teach me, Lord, the way of your decrees, that I may follow it to the end. Give me understanding so that I may keep your law. And obey it with all my heart. Direct me in the path of your commands. For there I find delights. And so we meditate on this. Again, it's, it's, it's more than just reading. Reading a couple verses. Thank you, Lord, for this word. And then moving on. And again, I, I've talked about this before. Where we need to, 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 to follow him. And we do so by meditating on his word. It implies that we're investing on what we read. We're thinking about it. That, uh, where is he? Pastor Josh and I, uh, it was like last week, he came into my office and says, hey, I was thinking about this verse in Romans. I, I, I think we spent an hour <laughs> just looking and trying to figure out what Paul was trying to say. That's what it's all about. It's taking the word and it's looking and it's, it's what, is, what is God trying to tell us here? And you think about it. You talk about it with other people. You pull out other books about other writers who wrote on it to try and, to try and find the truth, to try and apply it. You're meditating on it. You're thinking about it. You're applying on it. And when you're doing that, at the same time, you're delighting in the law of the Lord. You're, 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 because there's great value to it. So the more you think about it, the more it becomes a part of your routine. The more it becomes part of your day. The more you think about it, the more you apply it. And the more you apply it, the more you grow strong and healthy. The more you grow strong and healthy, the more you emulate God's love. We should remember that dry ground, right? Think about that dry ground. Think about our grass right now. Think about the dirt. What happens when you put water on it? Like a sponge. It just soaks it right up. It just soaks it up. Because why? Because it's nourishment. It, gives, it needs that nourishment. And our lives, our spiritual lives, needs that nourishment. We need to soak it. We need to bathe in it. Think about a, a scholar. James, uh, James Gray told a story of that underscores this importance of, of, of reading the scriptures and, uh, and applying it and meditating it for personal growth. Here's what he says. He says, um, when he was a young Bible uh, teacher, he became deeply impressed by the peace and spiritual poise of this friend of his that he talked with often. There was just there's this un, just incredible peace on him. And since he, since he wanted this same stability, he asked his friend about the secret of his confident bearing and positive outlook in life. And so his friend said, it all started through reading Ephesians. And, and Gray's response was kind of shocked because he's like, well, I've, I've read Ephesians countless times. I, and I don't have the same experience that, that he does. And so noticing Gray's puzzled look, the man said, on one occasion... When I was on a short vacation, I took a, a pocket edition of Ephesians with me, and lying down one afternoon, I read all six chapters. My interest was so aroused 
that I read the entire epistle again. And in fact, I did not, um, I, I did not lay down the book until I finally read over about a dozen times. And when I, when I rose, when I got up to get in the house, I was in a, in a possession of Ephesians, or more so, Ephesians was in possession of me. And I had this feeling that I had been, been lifted up to sit together in that heavenly places with Jesus. A feeling that was new to me. And this testimony, it encouraged Gray. It encouraged him to master the scriptures for himself. Because he wanted the same thing. He wanted to be able to, 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 be able to apply it, to, to live it, to feel it, to be transformed by it. And so that because when he does that, he now is able to, to, to effectively communicate it. To, the, to others. And so my question is, what are you saturating yourself with? What are you saturating yourself with? Is it the word of God? Is it something else? Because the next point that I have here, get this, uh, this uh, sustaining life, is are we going to uh, establish the difference between living water and gasoline? And so what do I mean, what do I mean by that? First of all, let's look at verse 3. They are like the trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. So it would be no surprise to you if you were to take a can of gasoline and, and, and water a tree with it, what's going to happen? It's going to die, right? It's going it's to be poisoned. Gasoline, though, is not a bad thing, right? Because gasoline, what? It, it, it motors our vehicles. It motors our machinery. But it but, but, but starts fires, Yeah. Not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, depending on the applying. But here's the thing. The, the gasoline will poison and kill if it's applied the wrong way, right? And so same goes for other materials. There, 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 there are other things in our lives that we saturate ourselves in that actually don't give life. It actually saps the life from you. If, if, have you ever tried to remove a shrub, an unwanted shrub or a small tree, the roots are what the roots are crazy to get out, right? So what do you got to do? You got to cut the tree down. You got to let it die. But even still, it's hard. But uh, we found this this trick that if you were to take Epsom salts, and you were to put holes in the tr the, the stump, you put Epsom salts in. It dries out the roots, so the next season you can rip the root right out of the ground. So there's 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 different things that actually instead of giving life, sucks the energy out sucks the moisture and to the point where it withers and dies and breaks up. Some seasons, there's seasons of life where it's life-sucking, where it sucks the, the, the life right out of the root system of our lives. They don't sustain. There's one substance that does sustain. There's one substance that does give life that does give you healthy roots. It's that living, healthy, life-giving water that Christ promises, that Christ claims that he is. That's who he is. He's that life-giving water. And when we, when we drink of that water, when we plant our roots by that stream, we will never go thirsty. We will never go thirsty. We look at prophet uh, Jeremiah. He says in, in chapter 17, Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. For they are like trees planted along the riverbank. They are like the trees 
planted along the riverbank. Have you seen those trees where they're sitting there? They look lush and growing, and they got the root. They got some of the root system is still in the ground. Some of it's like into the water, and it just looks healthy. It looks happy, full of life, with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by the long months of droughts. Their leaves stay green, and they never stop producing fruit. Let's do a quick recap here as we look. How is our foundations today? How's your foundation today? Are you leaning to one side or the other because of the loose ground? How's your root system? Remember, we're not at the mercies of the wind. We're not at the mercies of the world. We can choose where we plant. So where have you planted today? Where is, your, where is your root system? Is your root system healthy? Is it growing? Is it entrenched? Are you saturated in, 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 in the word? Are you saturated in the great gift? This is one of the greatest gifts that we could ever have. This is the greatest life-giving book we could ever read. Are we living this today? Are we saturated in this today? Are we consuming our thoughts with the word? Are we, when we wake up in the morning and we, when we go through our Bible app, we go through our devotions, are we just closing it and then never thinking about those verses again? Or are we pondering them? Are we writing them down? Are we putting little sticky notes of them on our mirrors or on our fridge and our cars? Are we, are we, are we, are we reciting them? Are we listening songs that are, are, that are written from the scripture? Are we reciting those songs? Are we singing them to ourselves? Are we, are we, are we having reminders brought up to us? Are we having conversations with each other? Are we doing all these things? How are we saturating ourselves? Because remember, that gives life. That sustains you. And when we do that, even the harshest of winter and hottest of summer will never take it away, will never kill us, and will never dry us up. So, Lord God, this morning, as we, as we think about these words, as we think about these scriptures, Lord God, I pray that you would challenge all of our hearts, including mine, that you will challenge us all to think about where our root system is, to think about where, 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 where we're investing our time, where we're investing um, uh, our, our moments, where we are, what we are saturating ourselves in, Lord God, because the word of God is something to be desired. It is something to delight in, Lord God, and it is something that is so precious, so full, so rich, Lord God, that when we are in possession of it, we are the richest people on the planet. And so, Lord God, I pray that we could walk away here with a new desire, a new, new, new hope and delighting, Lord God, in this precious word of God. Lord, that we will, that it will be on our minds. It will be on our hearts on a regular basis in Jesus' name. So, God, bless us. God, strengthen us, Lord. And I, God, I just I, I want to just take a moment to pray for those who are who, who have lost loved ones and, and those who are sick, Lord God. We just pray for 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 Irma as she has lost a loved one. As we pray for for Lori Hatton as she lost a father a couple weeks ago. As we pray for the Hills family, there's a, a loved one who is who is ready to meet you, Lord God. I pray that you would surround all these families who have dealt with loss, Lord God, that you would just fill them with encouragement and fill them with love today in Jesus' name. So, Lord, we just thank you for all you've done for us, 
all you're doing and all you are about to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.